Hi, I'm Maeve Doyle, and you're listening to A Private View. We're at Almanrat, and we are with Emma Stern and her show Penny and the Dimes. Emma is known as an artist who's redefining internet art, whose oil paintings bridge techniques from the Italian masters with the digital age uh, and creating a pastel universe, a pastel universe in which we stand now. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I think all of us are kind of blown away with the uh, unseen aesthetic that you've presented us with and a really attractive unseen aesthetic. Yeah, so I have to ask you the first question. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Emma and I'm an artist. I think foremost I'm a painter, but I think I've described this body of work more recently as a universe creation project, which I think you just touched on briefly in your introduction, so I'm glad that's coming through. Feels like you've walked into another world, and I took some photographs of it on Saturday when I came back for a second look, and I noticed even when you photograph the work, the photographer ends up in the painting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, for the show specifically, mirrors are a big theme. We're standing right now on the lower level. It's a two-floor show, and so we're on the lower level here right now. And that's where we have these kind of, I'm calling them holograms, but what they are are these um, large, almost, um, I'm going to call them life-size because they're the size of me. I realize I'm a little smaller than the average person, but they're about the size of what a full-length mirror would be in my mind. And um, they are, we're calling them mirrors, they're mirror screens, basically. So there are these monitors that are treated with this super highly reflective uh, treatment, I guess you'd call it. I've been working with an incredible company uh, here in the UK to have these custom made. Um, and playing on the screen are the animated uh, versions of the characters in the paintings upstairs. Um, and as you mentioned, this is a show about a fictional rock band called Penny and the Dimes. Um, and it just felt right to kind of have them in motion at a certain point. So obviously the paintings are sort of uh, still captures of a moment. So it's the first time I've tried anything like this. I'm really happy with the result. I'm really happy with the result, too. I, I, I've only seen something similar to this. At the, there was a Korean show at Heyu at the VNA, and they had K-pop bands made as avatars, but they weren't active, and yours are moving. Mm -hmm. There's something else that happens when you look at them. Right now, I'm looking at, does the drummer have a name? Daisy. They all have names, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at Daisy the drummer. She's in this wonderful lavender pastel color. Uh, she's drumming away, great clothes on, really happy looking, shiny surface. And then it stops and everything breaks up. Mm -hmm. That isn't necessary, but you left it in there. Yeah, the, so this kind of like little bit of glitching that's happening, um, it's a bit of a nod to, I. a lot of the time when I do these solo exhibitions and they're, you know, the more ambitious ones, which this one certainly was, I refer to it as an album rather than a bunch of, of singles. Um, and, you know, that analogy works extra well for a rock band. But, um, you know, I've done it in a few of my shows. I did a show last year in New York City with, um, with my U.S. gallery, Half Gallery, and it was all about a gang of female pirates. And they all had a story. There's this kind of story, this uh, narrative 
that went along with the show, and that one was uh, not yet released. But uh, for this one, I did. We did actually. There is a, a couple copies of the story floating around, and it has to do with. Um, Nothing by that. She means a book that she's written yeah. about Penny and the Dimes because I've got one. I haven't finished reading it, but I managed to secure one. Thank you to Ashley and Almanrak and Emma. Yeah. So it's a it's a novella, we'll say, and the just to give a, a the blurb is that it's about a female rock band who's been transformed into holograms at the hands of a nefarious record executive. So that's what I'll say. And so this kind of downstairs area is sort of an, like you don't have to know any of that. Like none of that's really important to know. But if you do know it, the paintings and the, the mirror screams sort of become artifacts of this story that's gone on. So that's, that was sort of the idea, and I love, and like, as I said, it's an, I call it an album, not a bunch of songs, but they can all be kind of seen individually or as part of a cohesive collective. Who's this? That's Penny. Is she the lead Penny, singer? Penny's the lead, yeah, Penny's the lead. Uh, and then we have uh, Destiny is the lead guitarist, yeah. and Brandy is uh, our bassist. And so Penny was named after uh, Penny Lane, of course. And then uh, the other three, Daisy, Destiny, and Brandy, are named after the finalists on this horrible American television show called Rock of Love, which I love. So it just seemed very apropos. <laughs> what was your early life like? And when did you realize you were going to be an artist? It's so hard to answer this question because I don't, I think it was just always like a given. It was like, I, I, I don't think I ever questioned it. And I don't think the grown-ups around me ever really questioned it either to their credit i like a born and raised like east coaster uh, i was born in manhattan but i grew i was raised in new jersey mostly and um i don't know i was like you know skipping school to like take the train and go hang out on st mark's place and get tattoos when i was 15 and you know so i think uh it's always like a, a bit of a problem child but you know, everything kind of worked out, I think. Did you ever play in a band? No, I have no musical talent. I think I took guitar lessons for about three weeks. Let's just say I had uh, tr trouble focusing and committing to things <laughs> at that age, so, yeah. Destiny and Brandy. Yes, Brandy with an I. Brandy with an I, that mm -hmm. matters? It does, because that's Brandy from Rock of Love, yeah. God. Very important. TV show, that you <laughs> of course. If I were to say what influences you culturally and artistically mm -hmm. and who, and what shaped your approach, well, have we touched on a lot of that already or oh, does it go deeper back to something bit. else? I, I can add a little more, which is that like I did always want to be a rock star. Like I had this kind of rock star fantasy and as I mentioned, no musical talent whatsoever. Um, and so I, I think, I call it a universe creation project, but this body of work is also an extended self-portraiture project, which I talk about a lot. Um, and just to back up a bit, I've always been really interested in the relationship between the artist and the muse. And that goes back to like really early days of kind of surrealism being the first movement in art that I was truly obsessed with. And all, and of, those, all, all of those guys yeah. have their muses, you know, uh, Dali and Gala, for example. And so I became really interested in that. And then when I was in art school, I was actually working at the Cooper Union as like a nude figure model for the drawing classes there. So I was on both sides of the 
of the canvas, so to speak. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but... No, but it helps you understand the form even more when people are Absolutely. drawing you and you're the subject. And also to see yourself the way other people see you, which is so... I actually can't think of another situation in which that really happens, you know? Because even if you're looking at a photo of yourself, you're still looking at a photo of yourself the way you see it. Um, but to see a drawing that someone made of you or a painting that someone made of you is quite a different experience altogether. Um, and so coming back to this idea of the muse-artist relationship, when I create these characters, they're avatars. And an avatar is always a self-portrait. You're creating in your own image. And so there are self-portraits, but highly, highly leaning on fantasy. And so again, going back to the pirate show I did last year, that was kind of my pirate cosplay. Like there was something about me that felt a little bit piratey, maybe a little bit nomadic at the time. So here, this is like my rock star cosplay. Like this is me embodying this rock star ideal, um, sort of being able to live out my rock star fantasy without the corporeal stage fright that comes along with that, which is definitely, I don't, I don't love being in front of a live audience. I really can't stand it actually. So yeah. Speaking, because life modeling is, is nude modeling, and so yeah, there would be a certain fear not, to face with that, too. It's not performing, though, I guess. And also, like, I mean, I have, I refer to, like, my social media as, like, a long-form performance piece, but I'm not in contact with my audience in, like, a real way. Like, you know, no one's, by the time anyone's, like, looking at me, I've already kind of backed way off and I think that's why maybe visual art is so appealing to me as well because by the time anyone sees what I've made I have the option to not be physically anywhere near it sort of if that makes any sense it makes for a lot more questions I've got <laughs> for you <laughs> so this other world that you live in is also a way of you escaping the world that you do live in is it like a shield in a I mean, I like the word escapism gets used a lot when people describe my art, but I don't know. In a good way. Yeah, of course. But I mean, I, I prefer to use the word fantasy, but like the thing about escapism is it implies this like delineation between real life and virtual life, let's say. And I find that those two things, at least for me, are not quite... They're, I mean, that's, they're, they're both my life. Wow. I don't know, and I, I think I'm glad I, I pursued that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and, and you know, I battle with this, and, I, and my mind changes about it, but I think that um, my, my, my virtual life and my actual life are uh, both my life. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and these, and like that, again, these, these, these are like me, these are like kind of like these, uh, and that's the cool thing about avatars, is there are these uh, kind of iterations of yourself that can kind of transform at will, and I think that's what's attractive to me about them. How do you work, and what's your studio practice? How's your practice evolved around time? We touched briefly on it before. You said you had an open door policy. Yeah, oh, but we can go back to the beginning. I had to tone it down a little bit, like towards the <laughs> towards the tail end of this of creating this show. Um, no, I have an uh, amazing studio that I love, um, and I basically wake up and go there every day, whether or not I actually have something to work on. Although I almost always do. Um, yeah, I say that kind of discipline's essential. Like there are people who say that discipline's essential. It's showing up, yeah. keeping a reg regular oh, schedule. Some of the best advice I ever got in art school, which made the whole whole four years worth it, basically, was a professor told me, 
go to the studio every day, even if you just look at it. You don't even have to do anything. Just look at it every day. And I, I mean, I, I do that. Like, I've been saying I've been working on this show for six and a half days a week for the last four months. So, and, and it's true. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. Did you get this show done in four and a half months? No. Okay. No, 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 no. I, start, I mean, I started conceptualizing it. I wanted to do a rock star show for two years. And then uh, I started actually... When, when we figured out that we were, I've been speaking with Almeen, and when we decided we were going to do it in, here in the London space, that was a little over a year ago, and so that's when I seriously started kind of like, that's when I started like naming the band, you know, and so then it kind of went from there, and then once I had a name for the band, I started thinking about who are my members of the band, and what do they look like, and when I knew what they looked like, I kind of started making the paintings, and when I started making the paintings, I started writing the story, and so it was a very kind of dual process, but I, I think it helped, because when I was developing this narrative, I found that I could basically just illustrate it, almost like a graphic novel. And again, it's not super important that anyone knows the story. I think it is, I think it adds to it if you do, but I mean, you can skip it. So I know upstairs, we're gonna go upstairs and see the paintings, and I know they're called paintings. Yes. What are these called? Um, I call these holograms. Mm. I mean, I guess they're, I, I've been referring to them lovingly as holograms, but what, what they truly are is they're uh, video sculptures. That's yeah, good. because for these, it's not really the video. It's like the, the mirror is important, the mirror and the scale. And if you were to like play these on a phone screen, they would no longer be as intended. So. Also, I know for a fact that uh, yeah. having taken pictures of these on the weekend, that I entered the universe. Right, it's a little bit selfie central up in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall we go upstairs and look at the paintings? Yeah, let's do it. These are the paintings that were done in your studio in... In, in, in like, NoHo, Nolita area in and, Manhattan. And this is Brandy on stage. This is Brandy. Yeah, this room that we're in right now, is, these are all, like, individual uh, members of the band, and I call them the solos, because uh, it's kind of the only time they appear on their own in this show, except for Penny. Penny gets one extra. So in the accompanying novella, Penny and the Dimes, mm -hmm. the Dimes Forever World Tour, <laughs> do each of the characters have their own biography, their own backstory, their own place to live, like what they eat? Are yeah. there vegans in the band? <laughs> yeah, they do. I got into it a little bit. Um, so I, there's this thing called the rule of fours where apparently in terms of like, media you see a lot of groups of four because it kind of creates just enough choice for people to choose their favorite one and so it's like you think of sex in the city uh, the beatles the final lineup of the spice girls after ginger left um wizard of oz even so it's like you're there's one main one um so everyone's carrie bradshaw but then there's the other three and you can kind of like identify a little bit more with one of them um, Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Charlotte. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brandy is kind of like, she's like kind of like the tough one. She's like a little bit mean, a little bit bad attitude. And her, her thing is the boots. It's always the boots so with her. She's on the stage. There's a speaker behind her. She's got wildly high, fantastic boots on. They go just below her knee. Mm -hmm. And one of her legs up on a something on the sound stage. Yeah. And she's playing guitar. And it's fantastic <laughs> and we've got our drummer the drummer is daisy again daisy yeah and again. so daisy's a little bit more of like the sprightly one free spirit and uh she gets she, i, I kind of feel like um 
in my mind, she's a little bit like bird-like, just she's a little bit flighty, as drummers are. Like drummers are always like a little bit like once grew loose, I think. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's wearing flats. <laughs> the combat boots, yes. Destiny? <laughs> a destiny. A destiny is kind of, um, she's like the real talent of the group, you know. She, I, I mean, she's like the one who really like knows her way around her instrument and she's um she's also a bit of a loose cannon like in my mind uh destiny and daisy are best friends and um she's uh, a little bit unpredictable doesn't show up to rehearsal all the time and then there's penny over here and she's the lead and she's kind of a she's the one who like really wants to be famous you know she's and she's kind of uh, feels a little bit responsible, I think, for kind of making all the decisions, much to the chagrin of the other members sometimes. But she's um, she's got the stage presence. They can't do it without her. So. so this is the introduction to the band. And as you go through the album, Penny and the Dimes, we see a little bit of their lifestyle, whether it's the back of a limousine, or kind of waking up or going to bed after the concert. We see them <laughs> oh, this posing is the morning. for a photo this, this shoot. This is the morning after, the night yeah. before, which is a phrase I stole from our, our mutual friend, Catherine Costell. She's the morning after the night before is what she called it, and I kind of ran with it. It's in pastel mm-hmm. yellows and purples, which are, uh-huh. which are complementary colors, so that it's popping, and you can almost feel the heat of the sun on the hungover girls. Yeah, so it's cool that you say that, because a lot of this show obviously is so much about light, like, and that's kind of connected to the recurring theme of mirrors here in this show. Um, and so we've got, like, you know, the bright stage lights in the first four, the, the solo pieces. Um, behind me, we have these kind of L- these LED lights in the limousine. This other piece, I'm sure we'll get to all of these, but there's one that's a, a lit, like a photo shoot, and then there's one that's a, like the lighting around a vanity. Um, and this is the only one, the one in the this trashed hotel room here. This is the only one that really suggests any natural light at all. Here's a question. I just noticed the phone is from last century. <laughs> what? time is this set in? I really like the idea of retro future, kind of like what people thought the future would be like in the 50s or whatever. Like that, I really love like space age furniture, which is obviously like made before the space age, the real space age. Um, so I, I love kind of an ambiguous set and setting, but also I moved into an apartment in April that has like an old landline like attached to the wall that came with the, the apartment. Amazing. It doesn't work. Nothing I can do to get it to work. I looked into it, but um, I kind of it's still there. <laughs> and so I was I, I think it was just on my mind a little bit. Yeah, that's there, there's these like relics. It's like archaeology kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Be a British museum somewhere full of it. Let's go over to the makeup mirror or the vanity. Yeah, yeah, this painting is called Vanity, and it's this is kind of Penny backstage, um, sort of applying her, applying makeup, and sort of just, I, I imagine her kind of like uh, giving herself a little pep talk here. But what you see is she's looking into the mirror, but you get a shot of her backside, the clothes, the, the hair, and then you go right into the mirror reflection. So yeah. it's as though one person's meeting another in the mirror. It's mm-hmm. quite a powerful piece, in my opinion. And it's yeah. that idea of getting ready for the performance and 
Yeah, I really like this Thank one. You so much. Yeah. yeah, this one was, I mean, uh, again, we're like bringing the idea of like the mirrors back into it, which again is a running theme in this show. Um, Bill Powers, who I work with in New York, he runs Half Gallery, he's been, he kind of put the idea in my head ages ago about, he's like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be weird to do a painting of an avatar looking in a mirror? And so I've been kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, sure. Cause he gives me a lot of ideas and so I use, awesome. I use a few of them, but it, like that one kind of, I was like, all right, like put that on the, put that on the back burner. And then I was kind of conceptualizing the show and I realized that like mirrors were something that kept coming up over and over again. I realized it was really time to do this piece. So shout out to Bill. Um, finally got the avatar looking in the mirror. A big question, mm -hmm. but obviously a lot of it's been answered by you already yeah. it, to create a, an alternative universe or maybe a, a more imaginative universe mm -hmm. or to figure out if your life is on the outside or the inside. Yeah. But if I were to ask you what art is for, how would you answer that? What art is for? Art is to look at. <laughs> if you could live with one piece of art, uh, and it's not about monetary value, just one piece of art, what would it be and why? Okay, I'm gonna give you two answers. I want the Irwin Worm squishy car. I can't remember what it's called, but you know what? I'm, we, we all know what yeah, I'm talking it's about. Good. It was at Teddy's Ropec, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that one. I want that one. Um, if he could do it in baby blue for me, that'd be great. Okay. But I'll take whatever I can get. So um, and then Mariko Mori did this pod for this exhibition she did in China, I believe. It's this like space pod that is like big enough to step inside and lay down in. So I'd love that. Maybe I, maybe I take turns sleeping in the. I drive the car, sleep in the pod. I feel like you can have both of them, even though I'm breaking the rules of this okay. whole thing, just because they look so good together. And is there anything you'd like to discuss that we haven't talked about? No, I don't think so. But I, I mean, I liked what you just started saying about kind of creating kind of like alternate universes, alternate like virtual selves, which is something I think about a lot. And just to kind of like come full circle doing the show, I realized and like the theme of the mirrors and the holograms, what I realized is like what I'm making is not a separate universe. It's a reflection and you kind of don't know what's reflecting what at a certain point. Yeah, I, I think there's like some Chinese, uh, like ancient Chinese like kind of story about a man who dreams he's a butterfly and the butterfly dreams it's a man. And then you just kind of, it's like this like circular thing. It's a Mobius strip. <laughs> Where can we pick up Penny and the Dimes, the novel? So we're gonna throw it up online, I think, just because we want as many people as possible to see it. And then we're gonna have a very uh, limited number of hard copies uh, available at some point very soon. And the show runs at Penny and the Dimes, the show runs at Almond Wreck until September 30th. I urge you to come and see it and enter an alternative universe. Also, watch Emma on Instagram at Lava Baby. Thank you very much for doing this interview. It's been an absolute joy. It's been so much fun. Thanks, Maeve. You've been listening to Maeve Doyle's Private View. This podcast is produced by Will Fitzpatrick at Soho Radio. The music is by Korshid Homi. Thank you for listening.